welcome to Right Now Workshop Podcast, where you can write a book and change the world. I'm your host, Kitty Buholtz, and this is episode 153, Anthologies for Writers Groups, an interview with Marianne H. Donnelly, coming to you on Thursday, August 8th, 2019. Well, since we're on the summer schedule and seeing each other once every two weeks instead of once a week, two weeks ago, I told you that the next time we talked, I will have just gotten back from my trip to Germany. So it was super fun. My husband and I went with our friend Dwight and we saw something like six cities in five days. It was definitely an adventure. Definitely glad that I did it. Don't ever want to actually do it that way again. I felt like I uh, spent more time on the train than I did actually walking around cities, but uh, we did see a lot of amazing things. I've never seen so many castles in my life, which was really, really awesome. Um, Maybe the best four hours of the entire trip was uh, when we got on a ferry and took the ferry down the Rhine River from Koblenz, Germany to, I can't say this the German way, German people were trying to correct me, (laughs) Uh, something like Bacharach or something like that. It looks like Baccarat, you know, if I were to just say it in American English. <laughs> but anyway, um, we spent like four and a half hours on this ferry. I had the best white wine I have had from any place I've lived in the whole world. It was so good. Now all I can think about is where can I buy this wine in Sweden? So fingers crossed. I'm hoping that I can find that. Um so many castles, so many castles, uh, so many tourists. My gosh, I don't know when was the last time that I went uh, on a trip that's a tourist kind of trip at high peak tourist time. Oh, there were so many people. At one point, we were on a train that was so full of people and it was so hot outside and no air conditioning on the train that I know it was at least 100 degrees Fahrenheit or 40 degrees Celsius. It was crazy. We all just were melting and all you could do is just sit there and just wait for the four-hour ride to be over. But we saw a lot of amazing things. We met some really nice German people. We went to a town called Buholtz and took pictures of my husband in front of the sign that said Buholtz. So that was very cool. And there, oddly, we had the best, sweetest strawberries that I think we've ever had in our lives. So I guess it was just the the exact right time (laughs) to be there for strawberry season. I don't know. But we had a super fun time and came back and then needed a few days to recover from our incredibly fast-paced vacation. But uh, I had also interviewed somebody for your listening enjoyment for today. Uh, Marianne Donnelly is someone that I've known for a really long time, and um, she's just one of those people who's really good at explaining things and teaching things. And so I asked her if she would explain to us uh, her experiences in creating anthologies when you're part of a writer's group, because there are a lot of pros and cons. Um, It's different from creating an anthology of your own work, because that's just you. It's like putting out any other book if you're self-publishing. But an anthology of a whole bunch of different people has a lot more legal and financial things that you need to consider. So Marianne did a great job explaining it, helping us to see the pros and cons. And I think this is going to be a great interview if you have been kicking around the idea with some of your friends or your writers group. So definitely good reasons to do it, but also some reasons that are good reasons to consider 
are not going this direction. I hope you enjoyed the interview. I will see you again in two weeks with another one. And in the meantime, have a great, great week. Today's guest is Marianne H. Donnelly. Marianne writes fiction from short stories to funny romances and quirky murder mysteries. In addition to her own writing, she's the creative director for A Slice of Orange and is a partner in Bethlehem Writers Group, LLC. She is also a member of the Charmed Connection, Romance Writers of America, and Music City Romance Writers. She makes her home in Tennessee with her husband and son, but has lived all over the world. Welcome, Marianne. Thank you. Glad to be here. It's so good to have you. I've been having it on my mind for months that I wanted to talk to you about this particular topic because um, for as long as I can remember, I don't know how long, a long time, I think of Marianne and anthologies together in the same thought a lot of times. Well, that's fun. Yeah. And um, I'm not sure. I actually cannot remember. You and I have been friends since I joined OCC, uh, sorry, Orange County Chapter Romance Writers of America. Yes. Uh, for anybody who's not an RWA member, it's important to like say what they What they mean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I remember that I joined in 2001 and some years later we had at least one anthology and I think maybe more than one, but I was in one. Mm -hmm. So, um, did you start there or how did you even get no. involved in anthologies? Okay. I, um, I moved to, to Pennsylvania and, um, I belonged to Sisters in Crime in including RWA and I, I tweeted something on, on, a Sisters in Crime's loop and, um, one of the members said, I see that you live in Pennsylvania, you know, in um, <clears throat> close to Allentown, close to Bethlehem. Allentown and Bethlehem are sort of the same city. Okay. And she said, I have a, a Bethlehem Writers Group. I run Bethlehem Writers Group. And her name was Carol Wright. And she said, would you like to come and meet us? And so I looked them up on their website and they had published one anthology, um, um, Christmas Sampler. And... Um, I looked it up on Amazon and it looked pretty good. So I went to a meeting and they were very nice, very welcoming. And they were planning their second anthology. And I thought, I can do this. <laughs> and so I, I started coming and the rest sort of is history. So wow. that was probably 2009 that I, that I joined. And so we had um, one um, out in 2011, um, and we started also um, not only the anthologies, but we have a, a an easing um, online. Um, it's quarterly now, so um, like July first, uh, an issue came out, and it's called the Bethlehem Writers Roundtable. Ah. And so that has short stories on it, and poetry, and an interview with an industry professional. And wow. it's free; anybody can go read it anytime they want. Really? And it it pays. So it's a, it, it's a, it's a paid, um, we pay people for, for their fiction and their poetry. Wow. Not much, but yeah. But it's, and there's themes. So you have to look up the theme and, and, and you can just submit it right online and it's, nice. it's fun. So that yeah. the anthologies are mostly for Bethlehem Writers Group members. And, um, we, that we, we started doing it sort of to push each other. So we wanted to have a, a piece of professional work out there um, available for people. We wanted to see if we could do it. And yeah. um, we kept going. We kept coming up with more ideas. So mm -hmm. we've got five so far out. Um, 
three of them have been award winners. They've won um, indie. Um, let's see it. Let me get it right. So it's um, what is it? Um, the Next Generation Indie Book Awards. Wow. So the first anthology won two of them, um, Best Anthology and Best Short Fiction. And the second one, um, Once Around the Sun, um, was a finalist in the Best Anthology. And as was um, A Readable Feast was wow. a finalist. Congratulations. So, you know, thank you. So we have cool little, you know, medallions on the covers, which is fun. Nice. And um, each one has a theme that's sort of broadly interpreted <laughs> <laughs> so there were vampires in the christmas sampler <laughs> right and, and um in once around the sun it was seasons of of whatever seasons of the year football seasons baseball seasons whatever you wanted to interpret as seasons right. and um a readable feast was a food anthology so all the stories had something to do with food yeah nice. um, i could do that one <laughs> yep <laughs> And then um, once, once upon a time was a children's anthology, and it, and so it has stories from preschool fiction all the way through middle school, and wow. it, and then our <clears throat> the one last year um, untethered was um, um, paranormal. Wow! So we have another one coming out in two thousand twenty, and it's um, animal stories. Again, broadly interpreted. Yeah. So it could be your dog or cat. It could be a dragon. We'll be fine. Right. <laughs> so so wow. it's, and in connection with each anthology, we run a contest um, for other writers. So we have two contests usually connected to each anthology. And um, the winner of that contest wins um, $200 plus publication in the anthology. Oh, wow. Okay. I misunderstood. I thought the anthology was only um, work of the members. Except for the contest winner. Oh, okay. So wow. there's something special. Yeah. Okay. So do you, I'm trying to figure out like where, where the beginning of the thought is here. Um, okay. So do you know like how they originally started doing this or why they yes. started to do this? Yes. Okay. So they, they started in 2000, the first one was published in 2009. And they did it because they wanted to do, they wanted to put something out there. They wanted to do something professional. They wanted to push each other as, as writers. And yeah. um, they did everything except publish it. So they went through Dog Ear Publishing and um, quickly realized that they could do what Dog Ear did. They did a very good job, but we could still do it yeah. um, ourselves. And so um, it was a huge learning curve. I mean, they did all the formatting and this was before, anything was easy. It was way right. before vellum. Yes. <laughs> so I don't even think, I don't think in design, I, I think it was before, I think it was before in design actually. And so, um, it, it, it was, a, a a big learning curve. So, but they did it. And so when I joined, they said, well, and they, and they did it, they called it Christmas sampler because they were meeting in at the Barnes and Normal in Bethlehem, which is Christmas city. So they sort of, did a rift off of where they were meeting in the name of the city. And um, it was very well received. And so they thought, well, let's do it again. Okay. And um, so we did. And um, again, the next time we did everything, except we went through um, um, lightning source. Um, we didn't, uh, right. Ingram Sparks wasn't a thing then. So, so we're still 
with lightning source. And so um, we do everything. We did hire a formatter for two of the anthologies, but real quickly realized we weren't paying her enough money. Uh, <laughs> we weren't paying her nearly enough money. Yeah. <clears throat> and we couldn't afford to pay her nearly enough money. So yeah. we learned how to do it ourselves. Yeah. And again, this is still before vellum. That's why it was so yes. much. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And so um, the last one, we just sat down with, with YouTube and InDesign and figured out how to do this. So yeah. um, Carol Wright does the formatting now for us. Um, and she's the founding member. And then I do the ebook because I bought vellum because I, I saw a copy of it and they had drop caps. Yeah. And I said, sold. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can yeah. do a drop cap on an ebook. Uh, I'll buy the program. <laughs> yeah. And everybody complained about how much money it was, but I thought it was very inexpensive. Right. Especially, you know, if you buy the unlimited package, then. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I said, I bought the unlimited package. And I, yeah. and I said, call me, I'll do your book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. And I was the same as you. I just bought the, well, it only had an ebook version when I bought right. it. Exactly. And yeah. And so they came out with the, um, the print version and mm -hmm. I was, I was a little irritated. I didn't think it was enough of a discount for people who had already purchased it. So I right. put my foot down and didn't purchase it because I didn't really need to. I had already created an InDesign template sure. for all of my right. books anyway. Yeah. Right. But then I started getting some other people who were like, can I hire you to like do my book for me? And then I was like, okay, right. <laughs> how about this? you pay me the $100 it'll cost me to upgrade so I can do the print and the ebook in the same program and take less time. <laughs> right, right, so, right. And so yeah. then we, we also have, in addition to our anthologies, we also have a collection of stories from the easing that we put out in 2015. And it was called Let It Snow, and it was all winter stories. Nice. And um, I, it was fun to do because it was other authors who were not members of Bethlehem Writers Group and it was, um, you know, it was a reprint of their stories. And so that they got to have it in hardcover, which, which they were all really excited about. And um, it was just sort of fun to work with other authors to get, to get everything out. And we used CreateSpace for that one, just because we kind of wanted the, the contrast between CreateSpace and Lightning Source. Yeah. And, you know, there's good and bad both ways. So CreateSpace, of course, was, was way cheaper. And, um, but I thought that the, the quality of the paper we got was slightly less, not a whole lot. And I don't think readers would notice it, but, but I certainly did. Yeah. And so for our bigger books, we do go through Lightning Star still. But I think for anything smaller, we would probably do, um, you know, Kindle Direct Publishing now. Right, right. Okay. So, um part of this is this is really interesting because uh, I made a point to not talk to you about it before we got on so that I could <laughs> ask you all of my questions as they as they come up so um, I totally understand why they did the first one um, mm -hmm. and in in my mind I might make a decision to do a second one simply because I got kudos and I like kudos so let's see if yes. I get kudos again but um, this is a long running project now 10 yes, years it is yes and it it's is. a lot of time and not yep. an insignificant amount of money uh, so exactly. so what are some of the pros and cons for how you decide to keep going um, so we for, so in 2011 we formed an LLC and so now Bethlehem Writers Group is split between two groups. 
So we have the LLC members who have put in their time, their talent, and their money. And they fund the anthologies. Mm -hmm. And then we have the critique group members. So members who are local in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and who meet twice a month to have their works critiqued. Anybody who's a member of either group can submit a story for the anthology. Okay. And we want to keep pushing our members. We want to keep growing as writers. Okay. We, we, want, we want to have this out there. So this and is some, an investment in absolutely. becoming better at your craft. Absolutely. Okay. And this fall, and we're only doing this for members of Bethlehem Writers Group. This fall, we're pu publishing a collection of short stories by our member, um, Jerry McFadden. And it's just his stories, nobody else's. And it's going to be called Off the Rails. And they're, they're um, weird, wicked, and wacky. <laughs> and that absolutely describes it to a T. So we're right now doing copy edits and um, getting ready to give him his, uh, his book. So it'll be a, a, a joint deal between Jerry and us. So it will have Bethlehem Writers Group imprint on it. Um, and we'll be paying him royalties for whatever we sell. So yeah. that's kind of fun. So, so we're, yeah. we're hoping, so we're not exactly a traditional publisher right now, but who knows what, what will happen? I mean, yeah. who knows? Right. And, and the anthologies that we have, we're, they're, they're all um, subtitled Sweet, Funny, and Strange because there are no genres, no, it's everything. Yeah. So there are sweet, sweet, sweet stories. There are weird stories <laughs> and everything in between. Nice. All right. All right. So you guys, as a group, you, you sat down and you had some ideas. You're like, these are the reasons why we are, we're doing it. We know right. why we're doing it. Yes. Okay. So my thought in interviewing you was so that you can help other people to decide because one of the questions that I wrote down is, and we can get to that later, but uh, at, at what there, there are some groups of people who, if they sat down and asked themselves the right question, they would come to the conclusion that no, this is not the right path for us today. Absolutely. So, so how would you um, suggest that other people, what kinds of questions do you think that they should be asking so they can decide, is this the right group of people? Is this the right timing? Like, do I really understand how much money and time commitment mm -hmm. that we're going to put into it? And what if somebody doesn't pull their weight? How are we going to handle that? Right. So those are all really, really important questions. So you have to have people who are really willing to do the work and really willing to step up if somebody else doesn't do the work. Okay. And that's the most important thing. So we don't have like a president, vice president type of thing. Um, so we have an executive committee, which is me and Carol Wright and Diane Sismore. And so when we don't have meetings, we, the three of us kind of hash stuff out. And if we can't come to a decision, then we take it to the whole group. And <clears throat> we only meet as an LLC on the fifth Tuesday of, of a month. So if a month doesn't have five Tuesdays in it, there's no meeting, yeah. which is kind of nice. And I Skype in so that I can, because I'm, I made the mistake of missing a meeting. And when I came back, I found out I was treasurer. Oh my. <laughs> yes. They said, you know, math, guess what? Oh my. <laughs> and so I've kind of figured it out. It was 
not something I ever wanted to do, but I'm doing it. Yeah. And so, and so I Skype in so that I can give them a money report and stuff and it it's worked, but it is a lot of work. Yeah. So when we're doing, and we accept stories from, from members. So if you're a member of the group, you get to submit a story, but it has to be workshopped at the critique group first. So that means you have to come in and somebody reads it and we sh shred it yeah. and then you rewrite it. And if you're not sure, you bring it back and you, you keep going until you're confident you've got your story where you want it. Yeah. And then it goes, believe it or not, to developmental edits. And so um, Carol Wright and I um, read it through and recommend changes. Okay. And most everybody has accepted the changes. They, they, they agree. And then we give reasons. It's not like change this. We don't like it. It's why this particular thing isn't working. And yeah. Carol and I are very careful. We try to keep the voice of the author the same. We, we, we try not to change it to what we would do, but to make their voice better. Yeah. Um, only once has somebody asked said pulled out and said no I don't, I don't want to do this which is fine that yeah. that's their their choice yeah and then um we asked them to go through the story again and then we do copy edits which is oh my god because you can find you you've read the story now 10 times yeah. how did that comment get there where a period belongs <laughs> yeah. how come there are no closed quotes at the end of this sentence yeah it, it drives me cr absolutely crazy yeah. And then we send it back to the um, authors and have them proof it one more time. And then we'd go to formatting. And I mean, that's a lot of work. I yeah. mean, it does, it takes us two years to do this. Wow. So from, so, you know, we started, you know, reading stories for um, our next anthology, which is going to be called um, Fur, Feather and Scales. <laughs> And we started reading it, you know, and it's not going to be out until October of 2020. So we started, you know, 2018. So it's, it's yeah. a two year process. Yeah. And we did, we did the um, children's anthology with only a one year lead time. And we could hardly see straight when it came out. Right. I, it was, oh my gosh, a lot. It's a lot of work. Yeah. And it really probably, um, some of you probably already knew, but, but for people who didn't, it probably was a real eye-opener as to why traditional publishing takes so long. Absolutely. <laughs> it was. I mean, I didn't realize how, how much absolute work was involved. And, you know, we, we publish a, a sort of a style guide. Mm -hmm. Nobody follows it. I mean, no, no, they say they do, but, but you know, they don't. Yeah. And it's like, okay, we told you to. And so uh, Mary Teresa Hussey told me one time that she hired people to go through people's manuscripts and take out the extra spaces after periods. Oh my And I God. thought they're paying people to do that. Oh my gosh. So, and people still do that. I'm going, you know, period, one space, please, yeah. <laughs> please. And um, no, don't use the tab key, you know, format yeah. with, with your um, 
menu on in Word. And, yeah. and so because tabs cause all sorts of problems in both InDesign and Vellum when, when you're going to formatting. And so just, just stuff like that. I'm thinking, yeah. oh my goodness, they're not paid enough. None yeah. of them are paid enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, well, that that's an excellent uh, point. So, and also you and Carol is her name, right? Carol, Carol right. Um, mm -hmm. So you two are probably certainly not. If you're getting paid at all, you're not getting paid the amount of We're time. We're not getting paid. paid at all. No. Wow. No. So, so this is this is a project that um, that's done out of heart and passion. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And then. Have you found ways, because you have several books out, have you found ways to at least um, keep your expenses in line with the amount of money that you make from it or? Yes, we, uh, we've, okay. yes, it, we haven't, we haven't managed to do that, but, but that's our goal is to at least break even. Yeah. And, and so we're still selling Christmas samplers. So even though it costs X amount of money to produce that book, it's still bringing in money all these years later. Right. So. So it's hard to decide if we're really getting a return on our investment or not. Yeah. And, and we've decided as long as every year we don't lose money, we're good. Yeah. And so that's, that's what we're doing. So this is not a money-making proposition. Yeah. It isn't. It's, an okay. it, you know, it's a growing experience and, um, you know, exposure for our authors, um, but it's not, gonna, it's not making us money. Yeah. So one of the things that, um, like one of the takeaway points for listeners right now is ask yourself why you're doing it, because if it has Absolutely. anything to do with even breaking even would be difficult in the beginning. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Right. So that's, that's one major point. Um, time, we've talked about the amount of time invested and the amount of willingness to put in more time if someone else can't or something happens. I mean, things happen. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, you moved to another state. <laughs> I moved to another state, yes. Yeah. yeah. In the middle of our last production, I, oh. I upped and moved to another state. Yeah. So things do happen. And, and we, we do have long-distance members besides me. So we have somebody in, in um, North Carolina and somebody in Maryland. And so people, people move. Yeah. And, you know, and, and those people are members of the LLC, so we're keeping them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so then uh, I think one of the only things we haven't talked about having to do with production is the covers. Do you have a graphic designer as one of the members? No, we do not. So, okay. so the first cover, um, Carol Wright's daughter, Emily Murphy, um, did the cover. And then the second cover, Carol did for um, Once Around the Sun. The third cover for A Readable Feast, I did. And then I also did the cover for Let It Snow. Then um, the cover for, um, for um, Once Upon a Time, Carol did. And she did this beautiful cover. And we said, it's beautiful, but it's too girly. So oh. we don't want to, you know, we want, this is for all kids. And um, so then her daughter came in and put a dragon in it. Oh. It was like, Okay, that made it. And <laughs> I think it's one of my favorite covers. Ah. And then Untethered, um, she and I sort of hashed it out together. And yeah. so she found the image that we used and, and kind of made the text float up off the page. And then for um, Fur Feather and Scales, I did the cover. 
Okay. So it's already, so we just sort of practice. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then the member who, uh, one of the anthologies is going to be all his work. Is he going yes. to provide the cover? He, he, um, provided the image for the cover and then, um, I did the rest of the layout for just the front part of it. And mm -hmm. then I handed it off to Carol who did the whole thing for front and back. Nice. And so, um, it's a, it's an, ancient ancient photograph from 18 something or other of this train falling off the rails in france and so it's a perfect image for his book yeah and fortunately it was in public domain and because <laughs> nice. i did research all over the place i'm going oh, i'm not sure jerry let me figure this out and so i'm, like, I'm doing this little dance yes yes we can use it <laughs> and it turned out really it turned out really great oh, and wow. so <clears throat> you you learn things yeah so i i bought this little package called five minute covers ah and um the reason i liked it is because the the man who did it has little youtube videos so he shows you how to do a fade he shows you how to change the font to do how you want it he shows you how to do all sorts of stuff and they're like five minute videos so it's not like two hours to do you know, a button. Yeah. <laughs> I can do this. And it made a huge difference. Wow. Okay. Five minute covers. We'll have to see whether yes. or not it's still uh, selling product so that yes, listeners can look into buying it. Absolutely. If they want. <laughs> Absolutely. It was, it's in it, but you have to have um, Photoshop. So you have, to, it's okay. a, a, it's like Photoshop templates and right. there's, he's got, six or seven files worth and each file has 10 to 20 cover templates in it oh wow. so you can find all sorts of stuff yeah in there so and then are the, are the templates for ebook and print he has them he has them for ebook mostly mm -hmm. and they're they're print in there but really you you don't i don't think you would want to use a template you want to use either the Kindle Direct Publishing Template or the Lightning Source Template because they have very specific templates and it's very easy to get your cover rejected if you're not using their templates. Yeah. So yeah. I, it's, it's a good idea to go to them for, for that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Um, while we're on the topic of covers and pictures, let's just um, reiterate for anyone who's not clear what the difference is between a public domain photo and a royalty-free yes. photo. Yes. So public domain is just out there and you get to use it without um, worrying about anybody coming after you and suing you. And you don't and, have to buy it. And you don't have to buy it. It doesn't Take cost it. anything. Yes. It's just there. And it was on um, a web, the wiki um, website for public domain photos. And so you, you can find, you can, you know, search the image. And I do tineye.com to search images to find okay. where you can buy them. Ah. And which is, which is nice. So, you know, okay, this image is available for, for publication. This image might be for editorial use only, which means you can't put it on your book cover. And it, it's nice. Um, yeah. Royalty-free images are images that you can buy on like deposit photo or mm -hmm. iStock photo. And you pay a one-time fee for their, for their use. And you make sure that you read the fine print 
Yes. <laughs> this is available to be used on a book and um, they can be very inexpensive or very expensive. Yeah. So the, the image that we used for um, Once Around the Sun was, was fairly expensive and um, other images we've gotten on the, you know, deposit photo that are not that expensive. Yeah. There was, um, I set my uh, romantic comedy, Little Miss Lovesick in Traverse City and, and actually used the real name of the town. And I found this great photo that was of the Traverse City shoreline. And I was uh -huh. like, okay, I really want this. And I sent a link to my graphic designer and she's like, okay, well, Normally I buy photos for a dollar each. She's like, this one is $69. So are you sure you want it? And I was like, mm, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. No, $69. I'll go that far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's how much we paid for um, once around the sun. I think it was like $69. And should we sell over, I don't know, something like 500,000 copies, then we would have to buy a new license. So we thought sold. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading all those rules going 500,000 copies, you know, thank you, God, when I have yes, to please. go and rebuy. Yes. <laughs> yes, we will gladly rebuy another license for this. Not a no right. problem. <laughs> now, another thing to keep in mind just for people who are listening is, again, with reading the fine print, some of them say 500,000 impressions. So if I sell 100,000 books and give away 450,000 bookmarks, you know, I've gone over the number of right. impressions. So again, right. read the contract or the, the information, the legal information carefully before you buy and use. <laughs> Absolutely. Because so. that's the last thing you want to do is have to go and settle something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You want and to be again, very careful. You know, if I had, if I had a hundred thousand book sales on just one book, I'd be like, why, why didn't I just, you know, pay you the extra $200 when I exactly. had it in mind? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> When you're inching up there, it's a good idea to re-get the license. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so we've talked about uh, covers, formatting, uh, all the different types of editing, time. Here's one of the things. The tricky thing that I've always, um, has always made me shy away from either anthologies or offering um, somebody who uh, hires me to help create their book. So they've already mm -hmm. written it and I'm just creating like you are, you know, the right. book and print version. The thing, the thing that has always kept me from offering to um, publish them under my own imprint and use my own ISBN numbers, which would make life easier for them in so many ways, sure. is the whole fact that now for the rest of both of our natural lives and, you know, generations to come. You're married. <laughs> We're married. I need yep. to always be paying attention to how much money I owe them, whether it's 79 yes. cents a month or $750. Or... Yes. Which is why we don't share royalties with members of the LLC. It's just, you're a member of the LLC. So whatever money we make goes onto your taxes and it's, it's handled that way. So it's, it's, that's one of the reasons why we incorporated. So we didn't have to worry about where the money was going. Okay. And it, it makes everybody's life a lot easier. So you actually have a separate account that is the LLC as yes. the publisher and that's the, yes. the entity that uploads the files. Yes. Yes. Okay. And, and we buy the paid. ISBN, everything. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Now with Jerry's book coming out off the rails, we are going to have to start paying him royalties. And so we have that all set up so that, so that we can do that. And I'm, 
a little nervous about it. Yeah. But because it's my job to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah. And, but again, he's a member of our group. So it's not some stranger that we have to worry about um, who's going to, you know, come after us if we screw up. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm not thinking that we're going to screw up, but you know, things happen. Yeah. And probably there'll be small mistakes that you rectify immediately. And Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So listeners who are paying attention, one of the other things that to think about is, are you going to form a legal entity? And if so, there is time and money involved in that. Absolutely. And if, you know, whether you do or don't, there's also who is going to handle the money and then there's a certain amount of time. So um, one of the things that, um, that you see sometimes in smaller companies mostly, and I wonder if you guys have done this, is um, contracts are uh, sometimes being made for just a set number of years so that you're not married forever and your heirs also have to take care right. of their heirs' royalties. <laughs> right. Um, so um, for, we, we, we have a set number of years for the people who win the contest. So um, they're free to um, resell their story after, I think it's a year uh, after publication. Mm-hmm. And um, the same for people that we publish on um, Bethlehem Writers Roundtable. So we have the right of first you know, publication, and then after a year, they're free to sell it um, someplace else. And um, we also reserve the right to put the easing um, in, an, in a collection if, if we would like, but yeah. we would tell them about, they, they can always say no. It's sort of like right of first refusal. So we say, you know, we want to do this. Um, we selected your story. What do you think? And if they say yes, they're in. If they say no, fine. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's fairly low key, but, but there is a time limit in it so that they know what their rights are and what they right. can do. Okay. And so this is something that is open to any writer around the world. Any writer around the world can submit to Bethlehem Writers Roundtable. There's, okay. um, you just go to BethlehemWritersRoundtable.com. I, um, I, think, I think that's the email um, address. Look, if you look up Bethlehem Writers Roundtable, it will come up. Um, and there's um, tabs across the top. It's, it's set up as a magazine. So you'll see um, on the f- cover, you'll see the winners of our um, 2019 contest. And then um, you'll see tabs across the top, and it'll, it'll have a tab for submissions. And um, you can submit right on that page. Excellent. And so it doesn't pay much, but it does pay some. That's cool, though. I mean, yep. It, yep. there's something that just kind of feeds your sense of self-worth, knowing that you got Absolutely. paid something. <laughs> yes. And, and the cool thing is, is that people that we published have gone on to sell novels. And so it's like, we knew them when, you know? And a lot of people said, well, you were the first person who bought my fiction. And that's a very nice feeling to know that you started somebody's career. I know, I know, isn't it? I mean, it's a cool thing. Yeah. And so it's it's fun. And all the stories um, from the first issue of Bethlehem Writers Roundtable are up in the archives. And so you can go and read them. And so we've got short stories. We've got poetry. We've got an interview with an industry professional. Um, They just started a new column about um, um, literary um, 
anything. And this, this month or, or this quarter, they're talking about um, Kafka. So, <laughs> so it's fun stuff. And we also have um, Betty's, um, Betty um, Goodright. And um, no, Betty Wright Good. I have to remember her. It's her, her little um, non de plume. And she <laughs> has um, writing tips and um, links to other writing sites. And that's up there every month. And she, she's writing a, a romance book about gardening. <laughs> yes. And so, and uh -huh. so it's, Betty is a different person every month. <laughs> oh, okay. So nice. it's fun. She's fun. She's fun to write. She's fun to read. And she also has um, mixed up words. And so, <laughs> so she always has um, words that they get mixed up and, and how to use them correctly over on the left of, of her uh, column. Nice. So fun okay, stuff. So a couple times you said monthly, but you mean uh, per I issue. Met, I've met per issue. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, every issue. Yes. We started off monthly, but it was just too much work for us. I mean, we're yeah. doing this for free and it was just too much work. So we've gone to yeah. quarterly and it's worked much better. And I think that the, the fiction that we're getting is a much higher quality and we're getting more of it. <laughs> nice. So that's nice. nice. Yes. And then you can be more choosy and then you end up having Absolutely. a higher quality magazine. Okay. Absolutely. And uh, I, even when, even when we weren't getting a lot of um, submissions, we weren't accepting much more than about 25%. Okay. So it's, it's sort of amazing that, yeah. and they, they do um, give reasons why, why they're not accepting it. Sometimes people just don't follow the rules. Right. So, you know, it's 2,000 words or fewer. So if you send 2,005, we're not taking it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's just something you have to pay attention to. Yeah. You know? and, and if honestly, it, it's good training for the person who submitted. Absolutely. And if, you know, if the theme is grandparents and you write about butterflies, we're not taking it. I yeah. mean, it's just, you know, you have, to, you have to pay attention to the rules. They're there for a reason. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about going here, but now I'm thinking maybe somebody's listening and, uh, their writer group has been talking about anthologies and now they've got a lot more to think about. But so what, um, what do you think are some of the pros and cons with, uh, you know, maybe instead they do an easing where they don't have to worry about some of the expenses. Absolutely. Because it's, it's all online, but you still have to do the, um, editing. So you have to have somebody who's the editor. You have to have somebody who, who is sort of the detail person who keeps track of people who's, who have submitted, unless you're just doing your own stuff. So you have to keep track of people who have submitted. You have to send them a contract. You have to keep track of if they've been paid. You have to keep track of what issue they're going to be in. Um, you have to keep track of all. And if you do an easing, you kind of have to know a little bit about... Um, how to do a website right? because there are people who don't. And so um, they don't want to be editors of an easing because they don't know what they're doing to, <sighs> to get it up and, and make it look right. I mean, it, yeah. it just doesn't format itself. Right. If only. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So there, there are, you know, issues that you have to, I, I do think it's slightly easier to do the easing, but that's probably because I'm not involved with it. 
And so all I do is pay the people after it's published. So, okay. they, so somebody sends me an email, says, Marianne, pay the following people. And so then I go on to PayPal and click pay and then <laughs> I'm done. So it, it seems like a very straightforward thing to me, but it, it might not be. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> it might be a little bit more. So, but I, it, I could get you the editor of Bellum Writers Roundtable if you want to talk to her. Well, <laughs> um, and um, yes. if, if somebody, you know, is listening and their writers group is like, oh, actually, we are interested, they should probably just go look at your magazine and look absolutely. at the, the website. Yes, absolutely. So just go onto the website and look at it and see if it's something that you think you can do. Yeah. Yeah. There's always so much that you can learn just from the, the very process of research. So Absolutely. <laughs> Well, we do a fun thing for the, because we have a featured author and then we have usually um, one or two people um, in, and more. So it's the feature author and more. So we've got the feature author, they get paid a little bit more money and then the, the end more authors. And um, the feature author does a top 10 list of anything they want. <laughs> and so you never know. I mean, you learn, so so I was a featured author when we were first starting and I said, top 10 what? And so I did my top 10 favorite math jokes. <gasps> nice. You and yes. I have enjoyed a few math yes. jokes together. Yes, we have. Now I'm pretty <laughs> sure that anybody who read the easing didn't get them, <laughs> but, but it's okay. <laughs> they made me laugh. Yeah. So, so that's awesome. So, so there's stuff like that. I mean, so there's, you know, this, the writing and then there's silly stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Okay. Yep. Wow. This is also interesting. Okay. So I feel like I've covered all the things that I can think of to ask, but can you okay. think of any other uh, like pros and cons that you feel like or any other tips or? Um, you have to sort of have a trust with the people you're working with. So if you don't trust the people you're working with, if, if they don't sort of have a, a worth ethic that matches yours, you're probably not going to get very far if you want to do this. Um, and you have to have a very low ego about your writing because a lot of people have to have input into it. It's, it really is a collaborative effort. And if, if you're gonna fight about one word, um, you're not going to get very far, either publishing your own work or submitting it to an editor. Yeah. You have to kind of step back. They're not, somebody's not critiquing you personally. They're critiquing what you put on the page. And that's something very different. And I yeah. think for, I think especially for newbie writers, that's a very hard lesson to learn. So. And I think maybe the trust plays into it. Like you have to be yes. able to trust that they genuinely are trying to help you. Yes. They're not trying to tear you down. They're not trying to make themselves look better. They're not trying to, it, it's not about the two people. It's about what's written on the page and it yeah. has to be what's written on the page. And, and, the, and the person critiquing has to be faithful just because you wouldn't do it that way. Doesn't mean it's not right. Yeah. So you, you have, you have to sort of, the person critiquing has to leave their ego behind too. Yeah. And, and that's very, that's very important. So you right. want things like, okay, his eyes were blue when you started, they're green now, which is it? Yeah. And so, 
I don't have an opinion. You can you can pick blue or green, or we could change them all to brown. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but but you know it. So consistency stuff like that. It it yeah, That's what you're looking for. Right. Okay. Um, I have one more question about the contest. Any other okay. tips before we move past anthologies a little? I don't think of any. Yeah, I think, I think we, we covered talked about everything. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So then the other thing I'm thinking, just uh, I really did not realize how open to the world, how many things that you had that were open to other writers. So I'm like, well, yes. let's send some people your way. So um, we talked about the easing. This is free to read, free to, um, is it free submit. to submit to the easing? Yes, free to okay. submit to the easing, yes. And if you're chosen, you get paid a little bit. So that's Yes, something. you get paid a little bit. Not much, but you do get paid. <laughs> nice. Okay, and then uh, the contest. Tell us a little bit about that. So the contest is open to anybody, published and unpublished. The only thing that has to be unpublished is the story you're submitting. And it opens the 1st of January every year. And it there is a $10 entrance fee. Okay. To, and um, we usually close somewhere around... Um, March 31st. All right. And it's blind. Um, it's a blind judging. So we, we get sent all um, five or 10 stories. So there's so many of us, we don't have to judge all of them. So we get a list of stories that we have to read. And we have a little rubric that we follow to read them. And, you know, the ones that pass go on to the next. And the only reason you get absolutely rejected is if you don't follow the rules. Okay. So you know, so if you send a story that doesn't have any animals in it for this contest, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. And so that's, that's just a little yes or no. And so those kind of get weeded out pretty fast. Yeah. And then, um, then um, we go to a, like a semifinal round. And then we usually pick um, 10 um, semifinalists and we send them to a celebrity judge. Ah. And the celebrity judge picks the, the ranking. Okay. So this year we had um, six. Um, so we had a first place, second place, third place, and then three honorable mention that, that he picked. And it was um, Josh, um, John Grogan, the, the I, I don't know if I'm saying that, the Marley and me, I think I've. Yeah, I think he, I, I think that's his name. I think that's I, the I'm right probably name. Saying yeah. wrong. The, <laughs> the author of Marley and me picked the, the winners. And, nice. and wrote some really nice, really nice stuff about the, the person who won and oh. gave reasons for very nice reasons for his ranking. And the next, our next judge is a cozy mystery author. Um, and I cannot remember his name right now. They just told me last night. Let me look it up. <laughs> he writes cozy mysteries. I just checked one out of the library to see. And, um, um, Spencer Quinn Spencer and he Quinn. writes Chet and Bernie Cozy Mysteries and Chet is the dog and he's the narrator oh wow and it's they're, they're cute so I've yes. got I've got one on my Kindle right now and I'm reading it and, and um, laughing so nice it's fun so that's who our celebrity judge will be and that one, um, that judge, you probably asked him and hoped that he would say yes, specifically yes. because he writes animals and this will be an yes. animal issue. Exactly. Okay. That's exactly what we were going for. So we wanted somebody who, who wrote animals who had experience with it. Um, nice. 
And I can say that if, if people are entering this contest, um, we've got really tired of reading about cats and dogs. <laughs> so, so if you come up with some other animal, a ferret, yes, something, miniature pig, yes, <laughs> yes something, um, and, you know, dragon, as I said, you know, right. you know, make up an animal, we'll, we'll be excited. <laughs> and we got really tired of reading about animals who died at the end of the story. <gasps> yes. So, so, and so unless it's something really, wow. <laughs> don't kill them off please yeah that seems like a good plan yes just that, that might be my personal preference but i'm going don't i'm i'm yelling at people as i'm critiquing their stories don't kill them don't kill them yeah yeah oh man and that's something that i actually have heard a lot in multiple genres is um if if an animal is going to die it's got to be at the beginning before anybody knows who this animal is and has yes. no yeah. yes you can attach to them yeah, yeah. yes and so and these these short stories for the contest are only 2,000 words, so it's 2,000 words or less. Um, I don't think we count the title. Um, and we're looking for, we're looking for wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So part of me is like, oh, I should totally think of something and send it in. And part of me is like, I'm not sure if I've written any good emails that are less than 2,000 words. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to do short. It is. It's harder to do short than it is to do long. And I know some people don't feel that way, which is totally fine. But my sure. superhero books are 100,000 words and my sure. romantic comedies are 75 to 85. So 2,000, I'm like, I haven't even written a chapter that's 2,000 words. Well, for, for um, Terry Lynn Jewett's um, The Charmed Connection, um, yeah. or Charmed Writers, we, we did a, a flash fiction anthology and they had to be 500 words. Oh my gosh. And it's like, oh, I just, it, it was hard. It was really hard. And so if somebody goes, just, just do it. It's only five, 500 words. And I'm going, have you any idea how hard that is? Yeah. And yeah. I mean, that's practically just a little longer than a limerick in my mind. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it was, we got some good fiction. Yeah. Good fiction. Yes. Yes. That anthology is also free and out. Oh. Yes, and what's what's the name of that called, one? It's called. Um, let me get the exact title. We just call it the anthology, right? Because there's just one right now. <laughs> yes, and it's um, it's all stories that are less than um, 500 words. So it's you know stories that take a minute to read. Yeah, and um, if you go to the Charmed Connection on Facebook. Okay. Um, and ask Terry to let you in. Um, sh she'll, um, she'll, um, she'll let you in. All yeah. right. But it's, um, it's the charm connection presents flash fiction, 2019. And then the subtitle is stories that take less than a minute to read. Okay. And actually, if you go on to a slice of orange.net, you can find it. It's free. It's just through um, wow. Prolific Works, and it's not on Amazon or anything. You can just download it, and there's no newsletter sign up or anything. Oh wow! You just, it's free. All right, but it's only going to be available until January. Then Terry's taking it down. 
Oh, okay, everybody. That gives you, you know, if you're listening to this right when this episode get, comes out, it gives you five months. <laughs> yes. But, you know, there's Rebecca Forrester is in it. Um, oh, Terry nice. Lynn Jewett's in it. Um, um, Christy Tate. Um, a lot of, a lot of um, great authors and yeah. um, a lot of people who are brand new, just their first, their first story ever published, which was fun. Nice. Well, and then that's the other thing is that, you know, people like me, <laughs> if I go through and, and read this anthology of um, uh, 500 word stories, and then I look over at your easing of 2000 max word stories, you know, I probably could learn something about how to write a short write story. Short. Yes. <laughs> yes. Send one in. <laughs> I mean, they, they're the, the short, the flash fiction, like they blew me away. They were, I mean, they were good. Wow. I was really so impressed. Cool. It is. Man. All right. This is super, super interesting and fun. Thank you so much. I'm sure that there's a lot of people who are like, I am so glad I heard this now. <laughs> Hopefully nobody's thinking, if only we had listened to this six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yikes. <laughs> oh, yes. yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk about you for one second. We've, sure. we've pretty much um, gone through all the, the websites, and I'll make sure that there's links to them in the show notes. Um, okay. So uh, you can let us know where can people find you and your books, or you can sure. let us also know, you know, uh, social media for some of the other uh, organizations sure. that you're talking about here, however you want to okay. do it. Okay. So, um, so me and my books where I'm on a slice of orange.net. So um, that's sort of where everything I've done is. So all the anthologies, everything, everything is up there. Um, you're there. Yeah. <laughs> Your books are there. Um, so, so there's a bookstore and you can click on the bookstore and go through and see all the stuff that's, that's available. And there's links to wherever it's available. So I've, I've tried to link to, you know, Amazon and Barnes and Noble and Kobo and Smashwords. So where it's available, it's there. So and it also that's, that's has a way. great blog. Thank you. The blog there. Yeah, it's yeah. wonderful. There's a lot of people who um, like give tips. Um, yep. Some people talk about a new book. Uh, there's, there's all sorts of things get written about on that blog. Yes. Um, and um, we, I mean, everybody, everybody does something different, you know, and yeah. there's, you know, there's thriller writers and there's romance writers and there's cohesive mystery writers. It's so there's a little something for everyone. And some people have even started putting short fiction up, which, really? which is, yeah, so so we had some stuff for St. Patrick's Day. They have some short stories up there. Some one was a romance, one was horror. It was just fascinating. <laughs> and so nice. you know, yeah, and even Bethlehem Writers Group, um, they have a, a blog date on a slice of orange every on the thirteenth of the month. So it's mm -hmm. a member of Bethlehem Writers Group is up there, and um, uh, some members of Bethlehem Writers Group are just taking their own day. We have um, NetU who. Uh, does poetry and um, two other writers who do, you know, writing advice. And although um, Kid Wadsworth this month is doing a short story on the 18th. So you never know what you'll find up there. Yeah. All right. And that's stuff. a slice of orange.net. Net. Yep. Yep. Excellent. Wow. This is great stuff, Marianne. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. I really appreciate you being on the show. I'm sure people are going to be very happy to have gotten this advice before they move forward. So thank you. No problem. It was my pleasure.